our Father in heaven, may your name be sanctified. May your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us today the bread, the nourishment we need to do your will, to live in your kingdom. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Amen. Jesus had two comments on the prayer uh, that we call the Lord's Prayer, which we find in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11. So like if you go to find Jesus's commentary on his prayer for us, there's only two things. One is pray this way. Comment number one, pray this way. Comment number two. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Yikes. Um, seriously, I mean, I'm feeling a little sick to my stomach even as I read it. Feels transactional a little bit. Um, and, and I'm hoping to frame that using today's gospel um, from a different perspective. Still, the, 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 the gravity of it must stay there. Um, for the story that we have today that concludes Jesus's discourse in Matthew 18, lots of red, red letters, the whole chapter, all different things about how we are to relate together in his community as his followers. <clears throat> this is the last part of that. And in this story, the forgiveness of the master precedes the matter with the servant, which then leads to the servant with the other servant, where forgiveness is granted and then revoked, it seems like, right? And Jesus says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is our Jesus. Meek and mild, come to me, all who struggle. Jesus offers this story or this parable as a picture um, about forgiving brothers and sisters in community or the church 77 times. So we heard last week in the gospel and Robert uh, talked about it with us and Robert put it beautifully in its context, that um, story where, where Jesus is talking about if your brother or sister sins against you, what do you do? And, and how he tied that with the preceding parable, which is like Jesus is about reconciliation and about restoration. That's what it's about. It's not like this is how you discipline people. It's about this is how you restore people. And so Peter 
the only, the only black words, if you have a red letter Bible, is Peter engaging Jesus just a little bit and says, Master, or actually, sorry, Lord, curious, Lord, how often am I to forgive my brother or sister? As many as seven times, which was actually exceeding kind of, the perfect would have been three. And he said seven times. And Jesus says, no, 77 times, or some versions even say 70 times seven, right? How often, how often, 77 times. And then Jesus gives this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king to a king who wished to settle accounts. And so he tells a story uh, to describe the kingdom of heaven uh, with regard to this king and how he relates to his people. And, um, you know, parables, at least when first heard, like generally were kind of shocking like something thrown alongside, and as you walk away, it sort of explodes in your heart or brain. And we're not so used to that because we've heard them over and over, but, but l- listen um, to this. So the king wished to settle accounts, and he went out, and he found one of his servants who owed him 20... Um, I, I got mixed up every time in my head. 20 talents? 10... 10 talents, 10,000 talents, 10,000 reasons. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay, 10,000 talents. So your footnote, if you have ESV, your footnote will tell you a talent was equal to 20 years of wages for a laborer. The ESV will say more than 15 years. Uh, The NRSV, what did I say? Uh, More than 15 years of wages. So I'm going to go with 20, and I'm going to go with $10 an hour. That's above minimum wage, but if you're digging ditches or something, I mean, that's nothing, right? That's that's a whole other story about just wage. But So 20 years of wages for a laborer, times 10,000, times, if you do the times, some of you math geniuses are maybe already there. He owed, in, in our, in current day terms, he owed $4 billion to the king, to the Lord, to the master. $4 billion, and he was a laborer. And he falls down on his knees and says, be patient with me. And then what does he say? I'll pay you everything. Yeah, no, no, he's delusional. He, he can't, he won't, but he's pleading for his freedom. Then he goes out and finds one of his fellow servants who owes him 100 
denarii or, or denarii. 100. A denarii, you'll see in your footnote, is one day's wage for a laborer. So basically, this other guy owes him three months' wages, or using our calculation, a little bit over $5,000. And he falls down on his knees, says the same thing, which actually, there's a chance that he actually could have paid him. And yet, no throws him in prison. The other servants here, they're distressed, they're grieved. They go tell the master and the master comes and apparently has a change of heart, right? You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt simply because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you. Now, this is a story about the king. So I want to be really careful bringing it down to a story about the servants. Sometimes we can get into trouble if we dig into all the weeds of a parable and assign something to everything. But part of the shock of this is being forgiven for billion dollars, which of course the king never would have gotten anyway. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king, a king who forgives unforgivable debt, unpayable debt, excuse me, releases unpayable debt. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who expects his servants, the members of his kingdom, to imitate him, to become like him. And the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who is really offended when we don't act like him. Or we could say, you simply cannot live free in his kingdom unless you live in forgiveness. Why forgiveness? Why does God forgive at all? Now we could spend till Advent preaching on forgiveness every Sunday. But I want to look at it this way in this context of this parable. Why forgiveness? Well, one, for relationship and for life. Sin causes separation. I mean, we know that. We know that experientially. It causes separation. We know it from Isaiah the prophet. Your iniquities have separated you from me. And relationship with God is life. He's the creator, the source of life. To be connected to him is to have life. Why forgiveness? Why does God forgive us? It's God's nature. God forgives. 
We heard it in the psalm. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins. That is good news. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. God forgives us because it's what God is like. What if it's also, what if God forgives us so that we'll forgive? What, what if God, what, what if the big deal about forgiveness and God forgiving us is it's one of the ways he intends to heal the world? Like raising the bar on forgiveness to say, like, I have no other way to heal the world but through you. Through you learning to forgive. Becoming like God, like Jesus. I want to suggest that forgiveness is the economy of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It's the law of the household. It's just how it works. It's the currency of it. Mercy, forgiveness, imitating God is the currency it's the air. It's the language. It's how you live and move and have your being in God's kingdom. You and me. Some of you know this, that, you know, if I went through the work, I could become an Italian citizen. I could become a citizen of Italy. Still haven't completely decided if I'm going to do that. One of my kids really wants me to. Um, but if I decided to move to Italy as an Italian citizen, I'd have to learn to live as an Italian citizen. Very poor example. But this is what God, this is not only God's economy, I want to suggest it's just reality. That's how God has designed and made everything. We cannot separate our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. We hear it every Sunday, the connection. Jesus links those two things together. Love God, love your neighbor. But functionally, how many of us relate in our spiritual life and our practical living is we have God here, and I'm, I believe I'm good with God because I've confessed my sins and I say the creed and I believe. But over here, we have a tremendous struggle forgiving and loving. And somehow, we justify within us like this divided heart. And that is not reality. Reality is we have one heart, one life, one mind, one body. 
You know, it's not like our heart is a house that has a front door for God and a side door for people, and we can just close the side door but want to keep that front door open. No, our heart has, is one way, God and people. You either live, you, and I'm including me in the you, by the way, we either live and breathe forgiveness or we don't. Perhaps we could even say Jesus is giving us a way that we can know, know, and I mean this affectively, I mean this experientially, one way we can know that our sins are forgiven is how quickly we are able to forgive others. This forgiveness thing is hard, I think. Not intellectually. But have you ever like had that tenseness and sick to your stomach when an unforgiveness thing is going on and you're trying to sort it out? I have just very recently over the last couple of years with one of my siblings. And it really messed me up to be perfectly honest. Like every day praying the Lord's prayer, I had to go to that. And like, I'm not there, Lord. I want to be there, but I'm not there. It's hard knowing deeply and affectively in the depths of our heart, in the deepest corners of our heart, that God really forgives everything. I'm not convinced that I believe that. And as a priest of however many years, I'm not convinced you believe that. I mean, feel it. And this is the invitation to just keep working, keep being honest. I think it's hard because it's tied to our sense of justice. It's tied to our sense of safety and security, like our protecting ourselves. And the, the parable seems to indicate, like, to really know the king and the king's heart is to be, it's transformational. There's a lot to think about. And I'll close with this one thought. The parable begins, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts. That word wished is the word to will, to want, to desire, to wish. All, it's all the same word in the Greek. He desired to settle accounts. It was his will to settle accounts. Can we start there? Can we start there 
in whatever struggle we may have honestly in forgiving. Lord, I wish to settle accounts. My will, my intention is to settle accounts. Would you help me? This is the direction my heart wants to go. This is what I want. But I'm going to be honest, Lord. And I suspect somewhere deep in me, I'm struggling with your forgiveness too. Can we pray something like that? This gospel is so scandalous. It's, it's a miracle to embrace it. It's a miracle to have your heart like step over and like there's nothing I have to do. And there's not, no way, I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to grasp and grab or whatever. And I want more of that. Because I want to be free in his kingdom. Can we say, God, Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to be with you in relationship. I want to know forgiveness in every dark corner of my heart and life. And I desire to be free. He will hear you. He will see you. And he will help you. Thanks be to God.